Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 135 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line with over $10 million in new or pre-owned inventory. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan, home of uh, draft-eligible Kirby Dock, uh, one of the largest Ford dealers in Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. I just want to get to this text because it says it all. Bob, you have to love NHL players. Jordan Everlay calls in early, then waits for Jay uh, Bomeister's interview to uh, end. Great character from both guests. Love the NHL, love the Oilers, and love Oilers now. That one comes to us from Reed. Yeah, Reed uh, did uh, several events uh, with Jordan um, through ATB Financial, who now have Ryan Nugent Hopkins as their Edmonton guy, and uh, not the least bit surprised. Uh, John Winwick. And Chris Noble and the staff at ATB, they uh, they take their time and uh, they target specific types of personalities. And uh, that's Jordan for you. I mean, he's he's the type of guy that would sit there and listen to Jay talk about winning the Stanley Cup and be cool with it. So uh, I'm not the least bit surprised that he was kind enough to join us on uh, short notice. And thanks to uh, both St. Louis and the Islanders for supplying us with Jay and uh, Jordan. All right, we've got the NHL draft. I'll be flying to uh, Vancouver tomorrow night uh, with uh, my uh, broadcast partner, Jack Michaels. And speaking of the NHL draft, 630 Chad challenging you to accurately predict the top eight draft picks in this summer's draft as part of the 630 Chad NHL Mock Draft Challenge presented by AMJ Campbell. Whoever can successfully pick the top eight picks in the draft in the correct order will have a chance to win $500 cash courtesy of AMJ Campbell. Enter your mock draft today at 630Chad.com. You could be $500 richer. Well, uh, out with their own guide is McKean's, and uh, we've had Ryan Wagman on the show before, and Ryan is kind enough to uh, join us right now on Oilers Now. Ryan, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. You looking forward to the upcoming draft? Very much so. I, too, will be in Vancouver uh, as a Thursday, and uh, I think it's going to be a good draft. Uh, but both, just it's it's always fun, and, and I think there's a lot of good talent that's going to be picked up uh, in the next the next few days. Yeah, of course, this show's called Oilers Now. We'll be a little top eight centric on that note, but just the overall depth of the draft. How does this compare to other past drafts, in your opinion? Well, it's it's. Um, I mean, look and say that the last five or six drafts, I would say it's in the top two or three. It, it's. I think it's a very deep draft. 
Um, you know, we have both the superstar talent at the very top, your, your Jack Hughes, your Capo Caco, um, and a few others. And, and then it just, you know, the, the next tier after them is also much deeper than it usually is. I think you have up to 13 or 14 players who all have a good argument to go in the top five, which wow. is something you don't see very often. Uh, and then, you know, you get beyond that. Of course, you know, every draft will start to thin out in the, the 20s. But there's still a lot of good players who are going to go through the second and into the third round who, in other years, could be considered as potential first-rounders, if, you know, even if late first round. Uh, there's just a lot of good talent there. It's not a great draft for defensemen, per se. Yeah. Um, there are some good ones, but you know, it's not a very deep draft for defensemen. But for forwards, it's phenomenal. Uh, it's got a lot of good goalies out there for those who like to draft goalies. Um, not as many as there used to be, but uh, you know it, there are still some good goalies this year. But um, the amount of skill that you're just seeing how that that trend in the hockey world towards more skill, less focus on size or brawn, uh, is just creating a very exciting breed of young player, and and, and we're going to see a lot of that this weekend. Ryan, is it fair to say we have a group of two at the top, and really a number one, and then a two? And then we have three guys that are sort of three through five, or is that too simple? Uh, you know, everybody's got Q's number one. I mean, New Jersey, heavy American influence in that organization. I don't see how they don't take Jack Hughes number one. Uh, but is it one and two and then the next group, do you think? I mean, I think it's like one and one A or one A, one B. And then there's a group. I, I wouldn't say the next group is only three guys, though. Yeah. I honestly, I, I honestly believe you have up to eight or nine guys who could go in that spot. I mean, you're looking at, I guess by the three, you're probably talking about the three guys from WHL. Uh, some, uh, well, you guys have got the three from the WHL. I actually wouldn't have Dylan Cousins. I mean, I was, I, I was in Buffalo as well, and it, the sense I got is that Cousins is sliding a bit. So I would put Byram, uh, Doc, and Turcott in that next three. But maybe, maybe I'm out to lunch there. I don't know. It's fair, and that's probably why I wouldn't say there's an X3. I really think there would be an X5 or 6. And, okay. you know, it could be there's a team in that group that doesn't like Cousins, and it really only takes one team to say this is our guy. But, you know, you're looking at not just Turcotte and Byram and Doc, and we talked Cousins, but also Trevor Zegras, who personally I like better than Alex Turcotte. Not by much, but I, I think his ability as a playmaker is unparalleled in this entire class. He's one of the most creative passers I can remember watching in years. Uh, as an amateur, um, some people, Peyton Krebs probably not looked at in that three, four, five, but he's definitely in that next group. Philip Broberg had an amazing under 18 tournament that, that kind of rekindled what a lot of people liked about him earlier in the year. Um, you know, some people think Cole Caulfield should be up in that spot because he just doesn't, does nothing but score. Um, others like Matthew Boldy, another, uh, NTDP guy who, um, who just got, has like a really varied skill and powerful game. And, of course, you have the Russian player, Vasily Pekolzin, at the beginning of the year, a lot of people thought was clearly, if not uh, second best, was at least in the top three. And some people still think you know, his, his overall skill game is still very high, even if it's not as, as, uh, his results have not been as consistent as they might like. We're joined right now by Ryan Wagman. He is with McKean's. Uh, the t- the, your top ten, you got Hughes one, Kako two, uh, Bowen Byram of the Vancouver Giants, who I personally think is the – we just had Jay Bowmeister on the show, and a lot of people – I was at the Toronto Draft in 02 and watched Jay skate from the time that he was 13 on. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to be the number one pick that year, and really the way F- Florida finagled it. In their mind, he was number one. They just didn't have to pay him the bonus structure to do so as he dropped the three of that draft. Um when rookies still got those sort of bonuses. 
but a lot of people think Bowen Byram is the best offensive defenseman on the Western Hockey League since Scott Niedermeyer. Outscored everybody else by seven goals defense this year in the Western Hockey League. You guys have him as uh, three. Why do you have him uh, there in that spot? Well, um, I mean, there's a few reasons. Like he, he's his skating is is almost you know near elite level as a skater. Uh, his his puck skills are fantastic. Um, you know, he, he's he has kind of a two way game. He could be a little bit more diligent in his own zone at times, but you can say that about pretty much every player who will be drafted this week. Um, he has all the tools you want. He's produced at a high level. He's produced at high impact moments. You know, like what he did in the playoffs for Vancouver was uh, was pretty remarkable. Um, you know, he, he even showed that he could hack it last year at the uh, at the under 18s. He's already kind of doing, um, you know, coming up a year young and he had an impact there. And not only that, he's also on the younger side for the draft older prospects. He's got a mid June birthday, so he just turned 18 uh, on Friday. It looks like, and um, you know, so that means he's, he, generally speaking, he would have more of his development in front of him than say a player who was born in January or even you know. Uh, December, November of uh, 2000. Uh, and that's something that on, on the margins, it can make a bit of a difference. Uh, but that, that being said, we have Byron three, but the difference between him and the next three, four, five guys is not very large. Uh, you got a couple uh, WHL centers, though there's some debate if Cousins is actually a winger, but Kirby Dock out of Fort Saskatchewan at four, who had uh, two great games against Prince Albert in game two and game three of the WHL second round, and Dylan Cousins, whose Lethbridge team was an underperformer this year uh, for Peter Anholt. Uh, a lot of comparisons between those two years out west, or those two players all season, all year out west. Uh, why do you have Dock slightly above Cousins? It's so close that it's just—it's almost a coin flip, to be perfectly honest. Uh, you know, one of the things I guess that stands out for me about Doc over Cousins, and again, it's—it's it's super close. Doc—they're both big, but Doc has kind of started filling out a bit more. He's got a slightly higher chance to be able to play right away, whereas I, I think there's less—a slightly less of a chance that Cousins will be ready to play this year. But long term, the difference between the two is is almost negligible. Um, you know, there, there's too much fog to really say with, with that much certainty. But it, it's really just more of a, a more physically mature body right now. Um, you know, and if that was enough for us. I guess I was kind of looking at. I wrote about it in the in the guidebook when I thought about somebody like a Yasperi Kotkaniemi, who we didn't have as high as he was drafted last year because we didn't think his high his um, his kind of his ceiling was was as high as as you want sometimes from a third overall pick, but. He was ready to play right away and to contribute right away in a positive role, and and I think Doc has a, maybe a ten or fifteen percent higher chance of doing that than Cousins. Do you think well, some have compared Doc to Getzlaff and Cousins to Jeff Carter? Do you think those comparables are fair? Doc to Getzlaff and Cousins to Carter. Um, I mean, that's Getzlaff is a is a big he's he's an elite playmaker. The guy I most thought looked like Getzlaff was a couple years ago, a player named uh, Gabe Velarde. Whose in, whose injuries have been kind of derailing his career recently? Yeah, Tom McClellan's got him now in L.A. Yeah, yeah. So you know that's somebody. When I think of of Getzlaff, I think of kind of a big guy who's just a really really good passer and really strong behind the net. Um, I don't know if that's the best comparable. And as for Carter, that might be a bit closer on Cousins. I can kind of see that a bit more. I'm not. I guess I'm on the fence about that first one. 
You mentioned, but they're both really good players. You mentioned Zgrass and Turcotte, and there's a thing called recency bias. So the U18s wrap up, the Americans were dominant. Ryan, this is a tournament that the Americans build to win. So they've yep. got a loaded-up all-star team. I mean, if you took the 20 best prospects in Canada each year, uh, they'd have a much better showing in that U18 tournament, which I actually think works against Cousins a bit for this draft year because you know, I get the sense of Buffalo, he was sliding a bit on some of the boards out there. Do you believe in the the recency bias, like performances? You, you, you mentioned already of Broberg back on everybody's radar screen after helping lead Sweden to the gold medal. Do you believe in that recency bias for scouts? I think it can impact some teams. I think it's a mistake when it does. You know, I, I like to believe that when we uh, grade players and, and rank players for our guidebook, we kind of try to take a holistic year-round approach of, of ranking players and putting kind of grades on their various skills. So we're not just ranking them on, I saw that him that one time or the last time he looked good, but rather how does he measure? And I put that measurement kind of on a piece of paper and I can compare it to what our, our uh, analysts from all over the world, whether they're in Sweden or, you know, Western Canada, uh, Eastern Canada. Well, like, I live in the Midwest, so I get to see a lot of the USHL and the under-18 program. Yep. And my opinion on, on Zegris and on, on Turcotte and on Hughes and on all the other players in that program, and I think they should all be drafted this year, at least the, the eligible ones. Um, yeah, I had them all kind of pretty much wrapped up by March, and, and the under-18 program, did uh, the tournament rather, didn't really change my opinion on them uh, in any way because they are playing the same roles they played all year long. Um, there are certain players who, for some one reason or another, they weren't you weren't able to look at them in a kind of a context neutral way during the season, and that could be somebody like um, um, the player who played on uh, on Flint this year, um, whose name is not on the tip of my tongue right now. But let's look at say Jamison Reese actually is another example. Sure, play, um, so play. he played in Sarnia. Yep. he missed a lot of time due to injury and suspension. And there's a question, okay, like, what can he bring to the table? And so now you finally see him. He's healthy. He was playing he in a was role good. that was... And he was good early. He was very good. Yeah. He was very good early. And he's somebody who I can say, well, you know what, that makes sense that uh, I might move him back up my draft board because of what I saw here. And maybe I wasn't able to see it during the year because of those factors. Um, the guy I was thinking of, the, the Belarusian players, Vladis of Koyachonok. I played for Flint, which was a horrible team. And, you know, he was often in a case where he was trying to make up for his teammates' mistakes. Um, and so you might not be able to see what he's contributing on his own or what he can do in a neutral environment. You put him on, on Team Belarus, which is also not supposed to be the strongest team at the World Under-18 in the top tier, yet he was probably the key factor for them uh, easily remaining in the in that top tier for another year. And I think that helped his standing, if not raised it, at least made sure that, yeah, he is who his, uh, his supporters believe he is. Ryan, uh, you got Krebs 8, so I mean, same scenario uh, with Krebs and Kootenai. I mean, that was a terrible team this year, as bad as Portland in the late 2000s. I just want to wrap up because it might pertain to the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, you got Broberg at 9 and Soderstrom at 10, and, and you know, you got, you said this isn't the deepest draft for defensemen, but there's a, a pair of guys from Sweden, 9 and 10, for the fans out there that are questioning why I have Broberg at eight on my mock draft, uh, why has Broger, Broberg moved uh, back into the top ten for a, a bunch of the uh, draft uh, experts out there? So, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to talk for them, but I can talk for us. Um, one, he's one of the better skaters you're going to find on defense. He's got a 
an ideal NHL body. He's huge, uh, and, and he's filled out. Um, like I talked about earlier with uh, Bowen Byram, he's got a, late, a relatively late birthday. Like He's not going to turn 18 until next week. Um, so he's young. He's got room to grow. You know, he was playing this year as a 17-year-old with men in the Swedish second division, which is a tough place for a teenager to play uh, to get regular minutes. So during the year, he could kind of flag from, you know, scouts' views because he's not playing, you know, 20, 25 minutes a night like uh, Bowen Byram's going to be playing. He's playing, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a night in a lower, more shielded role. But when you put him among peers like he was at the uh, Ivan Olinka last summer like he was at the under 18s when he was fantastic uh he showed that not just is he a big guy but he, he can also contribute on both ends of the ice you know he was a forward in, in most of for most of his developments growing up and so he's actually relatively new to defense and that tells me again he's got room to grow and improve his game so in a way he almost reminds me of somebody like keandre miller uh, who I was a big fan of last year drafted by the rangers uh around 17 or 18 i believe and who I think will end up being seen as a top 10 value from last year's draft. Boberg has that potential. And, he, you know, he might be ready for the NHL, not next year, but maybe in about a year's time. Uh, he would be, I think, a good get for Edmonton. But Edmonton's got a bit of a weird scenario this year because they have a new GM and he's relatively new to the scene. So the question is, how much of an impact is his draft style right. going to have on this year's draft? Or is it going to be some of the left holdovers from the previous regime? Well, we know one thing. He'd have a handle of all the U.S. National Development Program guys because he was 30 minutes away in Detroit yes. being based in Plymouth. Ryan, how do people uh, – we put a tweet out through our uh, Twitter account here at Oilers now, but how do uh, people uh, uh, follow McKean's uh, online and that sort of thing? Well, we're putting out content on a you know daily basis throughout the year and until, I guess, a couple weeks after the draft ends. We're at McKean'sHockey.com. That's M-C-K-E-E-N-S Hockey.com. Um, we do have the occasional free article, but all you know there is uh, there's a membership to apply. It's at twelve ninety nine. Gets you there our draft guide, um, about one hundred and seven pages, giving you everything you need to know for the draft, including profiles and over a hundred players, uh, as well as uh, three months of access to all of our online content. So that would be full scouting reports. Uh, team previews and reviews um, and various other things about, about the world of prospect hockey and more. I think and if you get it now, uh, it should also still be valid for the annual guidebook for like the full NHL that comes out uh, just before the season starts. Um, so that uh, at McKeenTalkie.com, you get a subscription and you just download the, the annual and you can have access to all of our material. Great stuff, Ryan. We appreciate your time. We'll see you in Vancouver. Awesome. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thank you. You bet. That's Ryan Wagman joining us from McKean's Hockey. 152. We'll break for two minutes. Wrap up Oilers now with this day in Oilers history. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffert on 630 Ched. Thanks, Milan. Let's go to uh, this Royal Pizza. 50 years pizza pass and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation Royal Pizza, the Mediterranean Chicken. To this day in Oilers history, Dayton, I lied. I'm going to throw it to you. 
Bring it, brother. Sounds good, Bob. The Oilers would score two goals in the second and two goals in the third to beat the Hurricanes 4-0 in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final, with goals coming from Fernando Pisani, Ryan Smith, Sean Horkoff, and Rafi Torres. UC Markkinen also made 16 saves in the shutout effort. That was so loud at the end of that game at Rexall Place. People were going nuts. I remember Ethan Morrow telling me after he snuck back out just to take a look at it as the Oilers tied that series three games apiece on this day back in 2006. Coming up tonight, Inside Sports with the uh, mega-talented Reed Wilkins. What has he got rolling here? Well, I'm just going to have to go back to He was kind enough to send me a text, so here we go. It's the Edmonton Eskimos Coaches Show. So Jason Moss will be on tonight with Morley Scott and Dave Campbell, and uh, they'll have... Uh, Someone on uh, as part of the uh, Raptors celebration as well. Colton Pareko of the uh, St. Louis Blues and a friend of this show's. Uh, we've auctioned off a couple of golf spots with him over the years. We'll be on with Reed tomorrow. And speaking of tomorrow, it'll be Stoffer Inspector from 1230 to 134. Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing Thursday nights, Saturdays, and Sundays out at Century Mile. And a heavy coaches show. That's all I'm going to say. Just stay tuned on that front. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with uh, Jalen Nye, who's got a, uh, a former Western League hockey player coming up in the next couple hours on our show. So long, everybody. Remoiters now. Offer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.